Ah, well, here we are again. It's Series 3, Episode 6 of the Smooth Thrills Radio Hour, coming to you, as always, from an underground bunker hidden safely away in an ancient suburb known as Old East Dallas. I'm your host, Jason Rutledge. So this time, Nathan and Joe are here to talk about what we think is an essential for any fan of comedy. It's Robert Townsend's Hollywood Shuffle. We talk about how the movie happened, the impact it had on our culture, and all that good stuff. Stick around, you'll love it. Just so you know, planning is underway for Series 4 of the show. A uh, list of movies is pretty thin right now, so if you have any suggestions, send them in. Your crackpot ideas might end up being all we've got. Also, if you're interested in being a panelist or a contributor, please get in touch. Fair warning, though. To get considered, you got to have a resume at least as good as this guy. I created the Winky Dinky Dog. 100% beef. Winky Dinky Hamburger. Winky Dinky Donut. Winky Dinky Dip. And I got a new one, Bobby. The Winky Dinky Whole Cake. Whole Cake. Whole Cake. Holes got to eat, too. Right? Right. Okay, you went overboard there, Jason. That was ridiculous. <laughs> and not the the Han Russell overboard, the remake overboard, which no one wants. Come on. My wife didn't even want the Russell one. <laughs> you know what's she weird? Like there are so few Goldie Hawn movies on Blu-ray. And that's only one of them. Like her classics, none of them are on Blu-ray. Yeah, Foul Play, Sugarland Private Express Benjamin, Protocol, Wildcats is finally coming to Blu-ray. That's it. You know uh, what I got on Blu-ray recently was Heartbeeps. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Found a copy. It was brand new on eBay for 10 bucks. And I was like, Burp. Yeah, Kino put that out. Yeah. I didn't even is know. It, is there special features on that? Because that was like, um, that was a fucked up movie, right? Like they edited a bunch of shit out of it. and it. I don't know. Um, I've, I've seen most of it, I think. I've never seen it all the way through, but it on the special features, I believe it had director commentary with a film historian. Okay, that would be worth getting just for that, because I'd like to know. I think it was heavily doctored before it was released. Mm. I don't remember yeah. it being any kind of thing when it was in theaters the first time. No, it was a bomb. It was, I always equate it with that other movie, Slapstick uh, of Another Kind, that Jerry Lewis Madeline Kahn film. Oh, God. It was based on the Vonnegut <laughs> novel. <laughs> like, that, okay. None of those things should have gone together in the first place. No, but it's none like this weird era, like 81, 82, where all these crazy movies came out. Yeah. It's sort of like if you, if you hear that, you know, John Frankenheimer and Robin Williams are teaming up to do a remake of <laughs> Mask of the Red Death or something like that. It makes <laughs> no sense. I'd pay blood to see that. <laughs> Frankenheimer went off the rails a few times, so I could totally see him doing that. Okay. Uh, audio commentary by director Alan Akush. Akush, yeah. Historian filmmaker Daniel Creamer Jeans. Daniel Creamer Jeans. Yeah. I see. I just got a Death Sport on Blu-ray, Alan Arkush, and that's got a commentary on that. I need to dig into that. And Kino was going to put out Get Crazy at some point, and they announced it, but uh, it just for whatever reason it's on the back burner it's so weird whenever they have the credits for the other films that people have been in in the movie uh it's got andy kaufman in god we trust and tv's taxi because i mean he didn't, he didn't really do much movies 
Yeah. Well, he's yeah. great in In God We Trust, though, as the preacher. Yeah. yeah. But at well, least Marty Peters gets uh, pennies from heaven and the jerk. Yeah, mm-hmm. those are probably her most prominent ones up until, what, Slaves of New York later on, toward the end yeah. of the 80s? Yeah. Wasn't she more of a theater person than a movie person, oh, yeah. though? Yeah. Yeah. She's cool, man. And Pennies from Heaven is highly underrated, by the way. Well, I once again forgot to write an intro for this one, so... God um, what is damn it. it. <laughs> what? I have other things going on, sorry. What? What, you do? Like, yeah. we don't? Yeah. We'll, we'll get straight into it with the Smooth Thrills Radio Hour, live from Old East Dallas, and we're talking about Hollywood Shuffle. This is our 80s Comedy Part 2 episode that we've been teasing since 80s Comedy Part 1. Uh, Joe... You say you've never seen this movie before now. Correct. Had you just... <laughs> any particular reason? seen. <laughs> well, you're more yes, of a, com- you're more of a right. comedy guy. I mean, it seems like an um, odd thing to skip. Or well, you just not well, gotten to it, or... No, I just, uh, you know, I, I just wasn't... I didn't seem interested in it. Hmm. I didn't... One, I didn't know about the, the Wayans pedigree. Oh yeah. Um, I just thought it was a Robert Townsend thing, and yeah. I wasn't a huge fan of his. Uh, mainly because my only real exposure was uh, his TV show, The Parenthood. Oh, I didn't care for it. Mm. It's an okay um, show, okay. but his earlier stuff, yeah, is definitely where it's at. But this, uh, this was really, really good. It, it was. I thought it was very much like. Uh, I don't know how to how to put it, but a spiritual sequel to Better Off Dead, maybe, Ooh, where you've got well, the daydreamer that. that's going yeah. through with the skits, okay, and uh, you know realizing and growing within, eventually that's... racing his way down the K two, and well, no, he didn't do that. <laughs> I wouldn't have made that connection. That's interesting. It is an interesting parallel. I don't. I didn't think about the dreamer aspect of it all. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously. That's the construct of the film. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the dreamer parts of it are presented more or less as a series of skits throughout the movie. Some work better than others, I think. My personal favorite was Black Acting School. I don't know how you feel about it. That was pretty great. I love the critics. Oh, really? yeah. Sneaking into the movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's how uh, Keenan Ivory Wayans and Robert Townsend were old buddies from stand-up days. That's how this movie came about is neither one of them was getting roles worth of shit, you know, and they were kind of going through the literal Hollywood shuffle, playing all these types of characters, guest starring in TV shows, movies. Um, I think the only prominent thing that Robert Townsend had done was a soldier story just a couple years earlier. And that's early Denzel Washington and that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course they did mighty Quinn after Hollywood shuffle, but, um, but yeah, so they just constructed the skits themselves, and then they worked around it to connect it with the narrative. So it makes sense if you've ever seen, obviously, In Living Color or Robert Townsend and his partners in crime, the HBO specials. I haven't seen can, any of those. It can be I really know, I've difficult. seen In Living Color, of course, but yeah. yeah. It can be really difficult to construct a movie that way and not have the interstitial skits not feel like filler material. No. That that's a that's a tough one to pull off, and one I think maybe the Sam Ace one to me kind of felt like filler a little bit. It just but that one I was really I could have left good, it out. <laughs> yeah, ironically, uh, that was the that one was... that the they were thinking about. Like they didn't want to cut it, but the distributor didn't understand the whole Jerry curl 
thing. Oh, my God. Oh, that no. was the best. That's my yeah. favorite Keenan Ivory Wayans thing ever. <laughs> His activator. I don't know. And he's just... He's just <laughs> just shrinking away to nothing <laughs> yeah each each cut it's a different yeah it's like it's poofing out and then it goes yeah oh it's it's brilliant yeah that yeah. was amazing and yeah it, it took me it, this, this was another thing that i found surprising that uh it, it took me a lot of time to find the movie really like, i couldn't find it physically anywhere in stores around me um streaming wise the only place that i could find it was amazon but they had two versions one that had a picture of the original and it said 1987 i think it was and yeah. all that stuff and it had all the you know clearly this was the movie i was looking for but it said it was unavailable the next one said 2021 and it had a slightly different description but kind of the same where it sounded like it would be a remake and I was like, really? but it, but the picture was another alternate artwork for the original. So I was like, okay, well, I can I rent this one. And of course you could, it's $3.99, rented it. And I was like, you know, if it's the remake, maybe that'll be more entertaining for the show. <laughs> because you guys talk about the original. I'm like, couldn't find it. Here's the remake <laughs> that nobody's heard of ever. And, yeah. uh, and so it started up and, uh, you know, I see the logos and I'm like, oh, thank God. Okay. So, like if you'd accidentally watched the porn parody version of a movie oh, that no. we were supposed to be discussing. Yeah. Oh, no. Hollywood knuckler. <laughs> <laughs> so I, it must be out of print on uh blu-ray because i have the all yeah i have the all of films release it's totally mm -hmm. bare bones like this mm -hmm. this really needs a commentary track it needs it doesn't even have a trailer on the blu-ray the dvd at least had the trailer but they've so, never done like a special edition of it so like it, i would i would think i like this better than i'm gonna get you sucker yeah well, this is the road to that. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no way you would have I'm going to get you sucker without this, really. But I just I feel like this is a better movie. Like it's it it's I found it funnier. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I'm going to get you sucker. It's so many funny parts and it is classic. Of course, this I don't know. I, the only thing to me that it was missing was and it was predated by about a decade was Keenan Ivory Wayne's at the end going message. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't be a menace. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, no, the thing about I'm getting you suck is like, it's like a long running skit, that whole movie. It's a mm -hmm. one joke premise, really. So, the, I mean, it's a great movie, but this has a real purpose to it, you know? It, it's a, yeah, it's a call it to action. The... It, it's, a, it's a call to action is what it is. I mean, <laughs> yes. it's, a, it's a call to make a change that sadly is still taking place after all yeah. of these years. I was looking at the... Well, it's because there was tons of the, the actor that stepped up and said, I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a that good. To me they the outnumber the ones that have grandmothers that say that, work at the post office. Th that was such a tragic part of this movie is that yeah he he steps aside and says I can't do this and immediately the machine kicks in and keeps going without him. Mm -hmm. Like but I mean that's gonna, the world it keeps on going. It's so yeah, sad. It's uh, it's comes down Life to a paycheck. Mm. Yeah. I was looking at and the. the Go ahead, Nathan. Sorry. No, I was just saying that like that was based, I guess, on a, obviously several real experiences, but that was one yeah. of his real experiences. I was looking through the box office charts for 1987 just to get some kind of feel of what else was going on or all around Hollywood Shuffle in terms of, you know, what kind of movies are being released and what movies were out there at the same time that had a non-white lead. So with the exception of Eddie Murphy who I think we can <laughs> say is, was the exception to the rule at this point. He had three movies released in 1987, by the way. 
uh, Beverly Hills Cop 2, Golden Child, and Raw all came out that year. So Golden ex- Child was 86, but yeah, okay. It was in release, I think, during 87, but yeah. Well, it was a de- December alert. release, I think. So. Sorry. But anyway, so with the exception of Eddie Murphy, a couple of biopics, a couple of concert films, various Care Bears, Garbage Pail Kids, and Chipmunks Having Adventures, you are really down to Leonard Part 6, Burglar, <laughs> Fatal Beauty, Born in East L.A., and Disorderlies. That's five out of 220 releases that year. Wow. That's kind of sad. Yeah. So what were the big... The, do you have those down, the, the, the top movies of that year? Well, RoboCop would be in there. Uh, yeah, your top movies were, of course, Beverly Hills Cop 2, uh, Platoon, Fatal Attraction, The Untouchables, Three Men and a Baby, Secret of My Success, Stakeout, Lethal Weapon, Witches of Eastwick, Predator, Dragnet, La Bamba, Crocodile Dundee, then RoboCop. So Beverly Hills Cop 2 was the number one? Or that was just the number one on your list? Uh, that was number one in terms of total grosses. Well, that's huge. I mean, even though it's Eddie Murphy, that's still a big thing there. Yeah. yeah. We need an Eddie Murphy type. We need someone to act Eddie Murphy. <laughs> have, have you a, met my brother, a Charlie? Murphy-like quality. <laughs> and hadn't Townsend had worked with Eddie Murphy quite a bit. Didn't he direct the two stand-up specials? Didn't he direct Delirious and Raw? I know he, he directed didn't direct Raw. Delirious. He directed Raw, which was 87, the same year as Hollywood yeah. Shuffle. But Keenan almost grew up with Eddie Murphy. Like they were like buddies from teen years on. And I think that's how he knew him through Keenan. In fact, I'm going to get you sucker was conceived almost by Eddie Murphy. Like just him and Keenan watching all these black exploitation films of the seventies. And at one point Eddie Murphy said, you know, we should, there should be, there should at least be a spoof of these Hmm. and they could call it, I'm going to get you sucker. And then Keenan like approached him a couple years later and said, were you going to do anything with that idea? And he goes, nah, I was just fucking around. <laughs> that would have been a And then he's like, I'm going to run with it. And he goes, go for it, you know? But, um, <laughs> and then Keenan wrote that opening sequence in Eddie Murphy Raw, that whole oh, the really? family. Yeah. So they were like this dynamic <laughs> plus five heartbeats was on, that was the next project they were going to do probably in, within 87. They, with all the Wayans were involved in it, like Keenan yeah. and, Townsend wrote it and Damon, Kim Wayans, all of them were cast initially in the film when they were trying to sell it to Warner Brothers. And then that just kind of fell apart. There are a few of the the Wayans troupe in this movie, too. I mean, Anne Marie Johnson shows up just about everywhere. She was yeah. also in I'm Going to Get You Sucker and Robot yep. Jocks, for what that's worth. Yay. And the unsuccessful Damon Wayans was in there for a minute. <laughs> it's too bad he never saw any success whatsoever. There were like 11 or 12 Wayans brothers, though. I mean, not all of them could be successful. Well, all of them show up in um, the Robert Townsend and his partners in crime TV specials before they're on In Living Color, like Sean and Marlon. Or Sean was on In Living Color from the get-go, but Marlon wasn't. Really? Yeah. I don't remember much about that first year. Um, Yeah, maybe. But I mean, the the specials, like, it can't be, like, overstated how popular... Townsend was with Hollywood Shuffle within 87 because he was about to write or he was writing Five Heartbeats right after that. He does Eddie Murphy Raw and then the first HBO special was like in December of that year. Mm -hmm. And in that one, 
Marlon's not in it, but Kim and all of them. Anne Marie Johnson is in all those. Whenever they did the Bold, the Black, and the Beautiful soap opera skit, they're in all those. So many people from Hollywood Shuffle are in those. Those mm. are really great if you ever get a chance to see those. They did about four of them and then like a best of special within a span of like three years. They just pumped them out. Are they available anywhere? Uh, they're on DVD. They're, I think they're all pretty much out of print except for the first one, which is the best one. You think it'd be on HBO Max? It's not. I looked it up. I, I I was thinking like it's crazy to me. Like Five Heartbeats, nothing is on there. Not even the Mighty Quinn or Meteor Man or anything of his is on there right now. How dare I they? I think call he it might HBO own Max. the rights to them. Should huh? I go back to Meteor Man? It's it's worthwhile. Is it? Yeah, I've never seen it's, it. It's it's fun. It's uh, you could say it's ahead of its time, obviously. Um, but uh, it's 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 a good movie to see based on the cast alone. It's a fun little movie. Who else is in it? I don't. I've never oh, seen just it. Just about so everybody remember. under the sun. I mean, you know, Cosby's in it briefly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Faison loves in it. Uh, Eddie Griffin. No, but the 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 one film to see of his that really is like a. A fucking amazing movie is the five heartbeats if you like it's not a biopic of any actual singing group but it's you know it's based on the temptations and mm -hmm. some of the four tops all these types of singing groups and uh that was it's pretty damn brilliant and he actually did a making of documentary a couple years ago where he chronicled everything on home video like the audition process and the fact that he was trying to get denzel washington for it but at that point, he was already nominated for Glory, and he was kind of out of his price range for the budget. And it's really, it's a really great documentary. And it would be great to see a Blu-ray release. But now Disney owns a Five Heartbeats, so who knows what's oh. going to happen with it? Yeah. Is it? It's, uh, a, it's a drama, like it's a yeah, it's yeah. a yeah. fictional biopic, basically. Yeah, basically. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's just it's kind of like what we were well you weren't on the episode we were talking about ladies and gentlemen the fabulous stains it's it's like that it's a fictitious band but it's a really good examination of the industry and it takes you decade through decade and you know that's cool yeah i want to watch that uh yeah definitely i like the thing you do it's a good it's a good afternoon like weekend movie to me like it's nothing that's amazing or earth-shattering but it's just a it's a nice comfort movie because it's safe. Nothing awful is in it, really. It's just I have to admit I've never seen it, so I can't really wow. talk shit about it. Yeah, you should watch it and then you won't want to talk shit about it because it's good. But I had that one dude that was an American world from Paris. So I was like, no, nah, it's good. OK, because there's like four other dudes that are awesome in it. Who were not yeah, Jonathan Sheck yeah. and, Schick and uh, God, now I can't remember his name. Liv Tyler. Liv Tyler's in it. Uh, uh, Tom Shanks. What is his is that... name? The guy from Suburbia. And uh, oh. Flea? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That's the only Suburbia I know. Oh. Uh, Richard Linklater's Suburbia. Sorry, I should have. Oh. Started with that. Uh, is Bogosian in? He's in that Suburbia, He was in right? the Wimpy Kid movies. Oh, that helps. It should. Those are fun, dude. You should have a family and watch them. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure there's a ton of cool people in them. I've never. Yeah. Anyway, it's it's a fun little movie, um, mm. but it doesn't take itself like too seriously. It's not. It's it's just fun. It's a it's, what if like parable of the industry. Like, what if this band existed during not that really era? Even that. It's just. 
I don't know. It just kind of it exists. And it's like, here's a story of a fictional. Shut up, Jason. You say so say much anything. without saying anything, you fucker. <laughs> <laughs> I see your face. They don't well, see it. I just, I just the love the listening. En- don't see it. The, but I see it. The endorsement of it's just a movie that just exists. Is, is fantastic to me. I know, I know. I like know. the Beast of Yucca Flats is one of those movies. You know, what I mean, <laughs> it, it's uh, it's not trying to really say anything. It's not really trying to do anything but entertain you for an hour and a half, and mm-hmm. it does that because it's just a pleasant movie. It's like it's something you'd watch with your grandmother as long as she doesn't want to watch Serbian film. Okay, hmm. which well, I can't imagine is all that often, but. Eh, depends on the grandmother. I had to put it out See, there. Your grandmother said, weasels in between you and your date on the couch to put on a Serbian film and say, I've watched this three times. <laughs> this is my favorite she part falls coming asleep up. And you bang her or not your grandmother, oh. but, your, but your girlfriend. Okay. Yeah. We had to, well, I mean, watching and... a Serbian film, who knows the impact it could have had, you know, mm-hmm. makes me want to have a baby. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Haven't seen that either. So you're saying that thing you do in a Serbian film would double be a good feature. double bill. Yep, okay. Yep. Yeah, all that's right. definitely uh, uh, who who puts out all your favorite double double features. Mm, I don't know. Something. No, 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 no. Um, Sinister Cinema. Sinister Cinema. Yeah, where they they put the no, it was like Warner Brothers or something like that, where they'll put like Scooby Doo and Backdraft together, and you're like, what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> You you would have a little like bitch fest about it for a second whenever uh, you would pick them up like you'd find them at Fry's or something. Well, I would I would bitch. Ab- oh, I know what you're talking about. It's like 20th Century Fox puts like <laughs> puts like uh, I don't know pl- Platoon and Care Bears two together. Yeah. No one. Oh, I know what it was. Uh, one of them was fucking uh, Big Trouble in Little China and Kung Pao Enter the Fist. I'm like, go fuck yourselves. <laughs> No, I just love that your response to it is go fuck yourself. Like I was like, you get like you're having a good day, and that just pisses you off when you see that. It's like they they, they hired an intern, and it was just like, okay, your job is just to put movies together for double features. Just go nuts with it. Yeah, cool. Yeah, he used On to it. pick uh yeah the balls for the lottery. You know that, and then they're just gotta, you know, like, he's good at this. Out a movie. Hey guys, what what movie goes with Ghostbusters? Uh. Okay, we're gonna do Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Yeah, Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah. all right. Cool. They're all properties. Why not? You know, that's what it becomes for the studios. Yeah. <laughs> Where were we? Uh, I don't uh, know. Hollywood Shuffle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That's right. <laughs> well, that's a movie that exists. Uh, yes. mm. I'm. I found myself one when I was rewatching this this morning. I found myself wondering if if actors and actresses and or producers watch this movie the same way that bands watch Spinal Tap, like with that combination of laughing and just utterly cringing at themselves at the same time kind of a feeling to it. Yeah, that's a good comparison. Yeah, because Spinal Tap was, all that shit happened too, you know? Oh yeah, I've heard of many bands watching that and laughing and, and also saying, yeah, that's, that's, that was us too, yeah. Yeah, even if it wasn't directly... F- that band i mean every band yeah. went through that so it's a really good comparison i'm thinking specifically of the whole audition sequence in hollywood shuffle which Oof. is one of oh my gosh it is brutal to watch it's funny but also just 
you want to hide watching it at the same time. Yeah, turkey. This is bullshit. What? This is bullshit. What are you talking about? This is the mode of white man stereotype of a black man. Yeah, brother. Really? Yeah, brother. Only an Uncle Tom would do this shit. They just looking for somebody to sell out. Sell out? The only role they gonna let us do is a slave, a butler, or some street hood or something. Don't sell out, brother. Don't be a butler or a slave. Jesse Wilson. Jesse Wilson, you're next. That's me. Good luck, brother. <laughs> I, I felt that oh way with God. the black acting school, too. Oh, yeah. 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 Because, I mean, that was just like, oh, it's real, but it's, oh, it's funny. Mm. <laughs> like, just yeah. the way they're portraying it is very funny, even though you know it stinks because it's real. Yeah. When uh, Grand Bush is like, I, I, I portrayed uh, two rapists, you know, and you're like, that oh, was shit. Yeah. He said, I portrayed <laughs> two rapists. That was fun. <laughs> and then Townsend cuts to the camera like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that's real street cred there yeah <laughs> and uh i think another favorite part of mine was uh paul mooney of course oh yeah showing up paul mooney and, is the president uh, of the ncaa making sure everybody's dues were paid <laughs> <laughs> first time we've ever picketed an actor yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's whatever they started in with all of the uh i mean for lack of a better term the slurs and oh, everything definitely. that were because uh, through the whole movie, I was like, this is pretty cool that like it's getting through the whole movie and there hasn't been an end an end bomb dropped at all. Like oh, there might have been one in like if but, there was but I didn't up even until that it. point. Very yeah, yeah, there was it was just it was free of that. And I was like, I wonder if they're making a conscious effort to do like Townsend made an effort to say, hey, we're not going to do that. It turns out and they then were just it's hold, like holding sudden, back and then just. Uh, just yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you had to do it. You can't you can't do this mm. kind of movie and not give it some teeth. Yeah. Yeah, you can't escape that. Yeah. In fact, they I think they you could say they went a little bit mm. soft in this movie on the real oh, situations yeah. that, that it was portrayed on. I mean basically. Well they on. wanted to get it seen somehow. <laughs> if they went if they went crazy hard, True. then it just would have been because mm. it's it's not like he would have been, yeah. you know, making all the prints and sending them out and then Hopefully, you know, theaters were wanting to show it. I, I believe Townsend self-financed this whole movie off his credit cards to get this That's what he said done. in the trailer. Yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was that, and he was saving money on all the prior, like, experiences working, whether he was an extra mm. or, you know, like, I guess he was, I don't know if he was had the intention of making a movie initially, where he just came to that point where the only way I'm going to get a good role is yeah. to make a movie myself. And that's probably what they decided upon. No, oh, but haven't, haven't we heard that but about I mean, many he, other and then if, I mean, most of them, people start up their own production companies to get to do the movie that they want to do instead of having to work their way through this whole system. Fred Very Williamson, much, yeah. he, he escaped all that crap by just, you know, po' boy productions and he started doing his own productions and he's the lead and... And he jokingly would say it that, yeah, I get the girl at the end and I and never die. It may not be a you know great comparison, but think of all the crap movies John Cassavetes did in order to get the money to make his own things. And he did a lot of crap movies to do that. Yeah. Made a lot. It's a lot of sacrifices. But that was the brilliance of Cassavetes is you wouldn't 
you couldn't necessarily tell that he was yeah. phoning it in. He was just such a great naturalistic actor that, like one of my favorite John Cassavetes movies that he probably gave two shits about was uh, John Huff's The Incubus. Oh, God. <laughs> I, that's one of my favorite horror films. And I'd put it right up there with Rosemary's Baby in terms of Cassavetes' horror films. Obviously, yeah. there's not many, but I, it, it scared the shit out. I mean, it still has a, a real bite to it, and he's got so much conviction in that film. But you would never know. He was just, I'm just making a paycheck to make love streams, mm. you know, or whatever next project he was doing. Let's see. Credit cards and short ends. Right. That's where we were at. That was the other rumor that he was borrowing short ends from all his previous productions that he was on. Like if they weren't going to use the film, he would just collect it and use it. And that's kind of a fascinating topic at some point. Maybe we should examine movies that are completely There's shot on short ends yeah. because... I can't imagine well, There that. was a program for a long time, and I don't remember when it started, where companies like Kodak would grant independent filmmakers like short ends in film and whatever they needed that no one else really was using at the time. I, I think that's how Primer got all the film that Shane Carruth used on that. I'd, I'd have to look it up, though. I don't know for sure how that worked. Mm. But I don't think any of that was in place when Hollywood Shuffle was made. He would, he would have had to scrounge for everything. Yeah. And the movie looks fantastic. You would never, I would never know if that, if it was shot on that. And I mean, you're, you're looking at one or one or two takes tops. You might have a minute of film per short end. I mean, (laughs) that's for sure. (laughs) Oh God. I can't imagine that. Uh, yeah, but you were talking about Mm -hmm. Paul Mooney. The cool thing about Mooney being in this, when you look at audiences today, know Paul Mooney Mm -hmm. pretty much Mm -hmm. from Dave Chappelle. And they kind of forget that Townsend and Keenan Ivory Wayans and those guys were, along with Eddie Murphy, were that first generation that was influenced mm-hmm. by Richard Pryor, who Mooney was associated with, wrote for, and all that. And they were the first ones to kind of embrace him in their generation. And Chappelle did the same thing, what, mm-hmm. 15 years later? And it's like he has this resonance each successive generation but also we talked about franklin ajaya on car wash he's in this and he was no spring chicken at the time john witherspoon's in this i mean yeah i mean that's the cool thing is they were able to get people like that dom herrera had been in the game for a while too and he was you know as one of the casting directors he's brilliant in this and he's kind of i looking him up and he's got it he's uncredited as a writer on this and i don't know how much of that is if he just improved his scenes, maybe, and that's where the credit comes Could from. Be. But I don't know much about Dom Herrera, actually. No. I know he was a prop comic. Yeah. Really? Was he a prop comic? Yeah. No. On Seinfeld. I don't do okay. oh. Jerry, I don't his do actual bits. I'm a prop comic. <laughs> <laughs> he was brilliant. There's so many brilliant people in this. Steve James, who later did Kung Fu Joe and I'm Gonna Get You Sucka, is in this briefly in the martial arts sequence with the whole uh, uh, Sam Ace. I was I, black I just white, forgot about everything which, in the movie pretty much except for the activator. Like that's <laughs> like once that happened, I just like my brain shut down and was like erased everything and we got to make sure that we save this. I even took a picture of the screen whenever he was responding. Like, uh, go ahead. Yeah. It's sort of know. like watching Coming to America and only remembering Soul Glow. <laughs> <laughs> he's, oh, yeah. It, he's brilliant. I, what's going on with him? Like, uh, any anything? Like, like we haven't spoken in years. I have no idea. I mean, I know. Well, 
Well, he's well, both him and Townsend. I was telling Jason we were they're they're, I guess uh, Keenan produced one of the seasons of Last OG, and Townsend directed one of the, a few episodes during that season. But man, I would love for them to. And at some point, they were going to do maybe a, a like a Broadway rendition mm. of the Five Heartbeats. They were both working on that. Bring back the spoof, man. Um, like I mean, scary movie yeah. like was great, but it you know it had that was the downfall because they then we ran got all that the other straight into the ground yeah yeah well and not <laughs> oh, yeah. not just that but like the the other guys the little double team of douches that went and did like epic movie date movie and all the garbage, oh god yeah the larry yes. the yeah. cable guy versions of film yeah uh, double team of douches yeah delta farce stuff and, yeah. and and so nobody cares about spoof anymore satire mm. and they just completely killed it it would be amazing to get another one. Like the, the closest we've gotten, what is uh, Walk Hard, which is amazing. And yeah. but yeah, it's, like you don't know that it's a spoof a unless like you really, you know, it's not it's not as slap you in the face. Like I'm going to get you sucker naked gun. It's not trying to shake you by the shoulders. I'm spoofing something. Pay yeah. attention. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm redoing. Although, <laughs> I mean, come on, then that trailer, that trailer was like that was within a year of the the johnny cash biopic so it's like good timing seeing that in the theater like the trailer for it it was hilarious because you were like oh this is the movie i actually want to see you know i mean i like the biopic as well but this is so great the guys that were doing all the the blank movies all they were doing was remaking shittily remaking scenes and adding a fart that's all it was there there was nothing to it yeah, oh, the yeah. epic movie, you guys. Yeah. And the, the thing is, none of us know who those guys are by name. That's the other thing. So you don't have like this Mel Brooks, Keenan Ivory Wayans type figure making these that you're like, I can't wait to yeah. see the next mm-hmm. Mel Brooks film. You know, like we need to like what you're saying, we need to have an identifiable figure, like an actual filmmaker attached to this stuff that mm. you would, you know, and that's what he was sending up scary movie at the perfect time, too, because that was like at the ultimate moment. Like people were either still loving the like the the horror mm-hmm. resurgence or hating it, and, what and I mean, we, right before like, that was I guess you did Madness, well, no. which was brilliant too. I love that movie. Yeah, yeah. Message. That's a great movie. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's underrated. People forget about that movie. I would say you could do the superhero genre, but they already did that shitty superhero movie. Which yeah, Isn't it's that, literally it's called, called superhero movie. movie, right? What? Yeah, it's got uh, yeah. Leslie Nielsen's in it. Star, I think. Never even. And then the girl is one of the whatever pop star was relevant then. Then again, I might have heard about it and just blocked it out completely from my mind. I don't know. Is Kim Kardashian in that one? Or no, she did (laughs) another one. That would make sense. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. They're all, but they all run together. I mean, and it's the same cast primarily. And if it's not Carmen Electra, they've got Pamela Anderson, you know, or or whomever the flavor of the month is. Pull one out for satire. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I have some notes. Let's see. Uh, John Witherspoon. (laughs) Outstanding. John Witherspoon says, this ain't no poop butt league. Yeah, that's just funny. Well, Come and on. then um, later on, <laughs> I want to say Ice Cube says it to him, or he says it to Ice Cube in Friday. Really? Oh yeah, it was like I think it was the first time he. Well, he probably said it in his stand-up mm-hmm. actually, but well, House Party might 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 be my favorite John Witherspoon. <laughs> 
public enema that whole sequence oh my who's God. ever heard of a public enema you know what? Give a public enema. i just remembered i completely forgot about this movie now i want to watch it cb4 that is like one of oh, the yeah, best yeah. satires that i i love that movie well yes. fear of a black yeah. hat it's the same writers right yeah yeah i haven't seen that in forever that that was more like mm-hmm. a spinal tap than i think yeah. cb4 was but cb4 is great too so block four there's a lot of great <laughs> stuff uh chris rock he first appeared on well obviously he's in i'm gonna get you sucker but he done stand-up in the 80s which, what was the show with uh uncle ray well, murphy so i'm gonna get you sucker where uh, there he originated the why don't you give me why don't you give me a bun and for a nickel no that was in his stand-up I'm in act, the movie, in actually. The yeah, that was like the whole yeah, one yeah. rib, that whole sequence. He it was it was a play on. He did that as a bit in stand-up, <laughs> like in the eighties. And I'm trying to think of the show that was had uh, Eddie Murphy's uncle was like the MC oh, of gosh. it, Ray Murphy, and Arsenio Hall was on it before he was had his own show. Oh, real quick, sp- uh, speaking oh. of Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall, I noticed something, and I was reading an article about the Coming to America sequel coming to america uh <laughs> yeah that's what they clever do. um and they had the two yeah. pictures one was arsenio and eddie murphy standing side by side second picture from the original movie second picture was from the remake or remake sorry the sequel with eddie murphy and arsenio hall standing by side by side and arsenio hall has shrunken by about seven inches hmm. like I remember him being super tall and he was taller than Eddie Murphy in the old shot In the new shot. Eddie Murphy is, uh, wearing stilts, I guess, or heels, hmm. but he's, he's substantially taller than Arsenio Hall. And I'm like, isn't Arsenio's Hall, isn't his finger longer than Eddie Murphy? Cause he got those crazy ET wow. fingers. I still want to know how, when I watch the trailer for that, I want to know how those barbers are still alive. <laughs> 33 years later by different people coming to america too still no no no, they're not though they look exactly the same they're they're not the same makeup barbers like yeah that's eddie murphy and arsenio hall and michael c hall but they're they're just wearing makeup again no that's not michael c hall (laughs) no i don't i really don't think so no (laughs) no all this time you thought he was doing the soul glow he wasn't doing that Come on, Nathan. Let your soul glow. God, that movie is so perfect. I love the original. I haven't watched the sequel yet. No, I haven't either. I don't know. I'm sure it's worth a few laughs, but it's it's completely it unnecessary. It, like I don't understand. Is... Need it. I mean, it's cool that everybody's back. Well, I mean, the but, original yeah, wasn't exactly yeah. calling out for a sequel to be made in the first place. No, not at really, all. So. No, it's the whole story is taken care of. And it doesn't make sense either. It's like, when did he have this estranged son in America? When that doesn't make sense to me. No, Eddie Murphy is no stranger to sequels, certainly. But this is not one that I would imagine a sequel happening to. Maybe Boomerang. I don't know. (laughs) That would be even weirder. We don't. (laughs) Is he still a player at what? In his 60s? bring the mushroom belt joke back i don't know i don't know and then you bring martin lawrence back and david allen greer sure. and halle berry and you gotta have grace jones then man david allen greer see you're oh, thinking no. about it now he should huh. I, I wish that he was in more stuff too or had had sure. a more substantial career because he was very funny and uh but i feel like he was shoehorned into a certain type of funny 
a very like excitable yeah. guy to where you didn't get to see a lot of the more subdued David Allen Greer stuff, which is mm. funny. Right. Like Jumanji type roles where we'll, cause he's, if you think about it, he's kind of like the Eugene Levy yeah. of yeah. in living color. He's money in the bank. No matter what scene he's in, what skit, he's always going to be hilarious and you can't. And I think Hollywood obviously knew that. And they're like, it doesn't matter with the movie. We'll just plug him in. and It'll be great. But the movie might sag, mm-hmm. but he would be awesome. You know, did you ever watch Chocolate News, by the way? That was that was a good series. There's only one Wasn't season. That on Comedy Central for a little while. I, I dug that. I believe it was it was on yeah, right after yeah. the Daily Show for about a year. Yeah, if I, if I remember right. Yep. I what is that? I've never, I never even it, heard of it. Well, that's why it was only on for a year. Joe, it's it's is like, it, is it the Kilborn <laughs> era of Daily no, Show that you're talking about? No, 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 it's yeah. John Stewart era. But yeah, I, it's on DVD. I, I have the DVD of it. It's it, I remember watching it thinking this is gold. In but, you know, oh God, I can't remember now. Yeah, this is how much um, it, it, it only lasted a years, but how much can you really talk about chocolate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. What news? Right. Well, like, oh, we found something out today about dark chocolate, everyone. Guess what I else kind of nut goes with chocolate? <laughs> not just almonds and peanuts. It's not that kind of news. What? Well, I don't know the show, so he... it's worth getting. I think it was only like uh, maybe twelve episodes, like or thirteen as a season. But you know, uh, Norm Macdonald had his sports show on Comedy Central for like half a season. That was I liked that. But again, it has to do with who's. I just want to see David Allen Greer, so maybe that's why. But it was a I, good skit show. Uh, I don't think and... it lasted more than a season, but the uh, um, Lewis Black. Judge show was amazing. I forgot what that was called. Was it, was it just Judge right Lewis there. Black? Why is it the no the Lewis Black Judge show? <laughs> Why is it that we tend to like things that either no one else has seen or they've seen it and nobody liked? Why? Why is this? <laughs> because someone has to love them. Well, I mean, right? that, that I mean... was just incredible. It was like mini roasts almost, <laughs> like yeah. with that, and with Greg Giraldo being a always on there. It's wonderful. Okay. Isn't Robert Townsend mostly doing television now? Like episodic he was in the He was doing the last I OG. think so. I mean, he's done... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, he's directed a few, like, episodes of TV. Um, that kind of started... He did the Leon, the actor Leon that was in Five Heartbeats with him. They, they did, like, a Little Richard TV biopic back in, like, 2001 okay. or something. And since then, yeah, he's kind of done a lot of television, but... And he had, like, well, he just talked about skit shows. Townsend Television only lasted, like, ten episodes, like, one season of that. Like, and that was, I think, after Meteor Man. And it was almost like a continuation of his sketch comedy from Partners in Crime and Hollywood Shuffle and, and, like, the next succession of it. But it just didn't take. I wasn't Mm -hmm. aware of that at all. Yeah. Well, Parenthood was his most successful TV thing. I mean, that went on for, like, three or four seasons, I think. right? UPN? Yeah. UPN. Oh, the memories. Yeah. God, remember that when it was, UPN was yeah. UPN and the and WB and they were like the Warren Networks. Thing and, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, my kids don't know what commercials are. <laughs> they have Good ad pop-ups. Oh, that's, but they at least they have the X. Yeah, but I mean, I find myself watching stuff like Pluto TV, like where Unsolved Mysteries are on or something like that, just to just to remember. I got to remember, man, because they have the commercials in between and sometimes they're local commercials. So it's like, oh, that feels good. 
Have you they not solved a single one of those mysteries yet mm-hmm. either? I mean, the show is still going. How could they have not no. solved a single the one of those damn mysteries? The host fucking died, yet? man. And they no. haven't you solved You can't anything. blame him. You can't blame Robert Stack for not solving he any of those died. mysteries. Man can't do it by himself. I'm sorry, but if if uh, the he needs to find a crow. <laughs> He's got a... Oh, okay. That'd be, that, see, there's a series right <laughs> there. Yeah, he, the crow <laughs> takes over and is like, ah, finish the mystery. Yeah, if you like the crow wicked prayer, you'll love the crow unsolved mysteries. <laughs> Damn it. That's the second mm-hmm. time. That's the second opportunity that Jason has taken a drink and I've blown a spit take chance. Oh. I, I just got, I got, I got to have that one in the, in the chamber, man. I got to have a, a joke there to make him. It's like Dolph Lundgren has one in the chamber. Oh yeah. Look, Cuba Gooding Jr. Nice. Few people know that one. No, I can. I think me and Nathan are the only two people who've seen that movie. Well, aside from the editor, <laughs> please do see Hollywood Shuffle. Recommend Hollywood Shuffle to as many of your friends as you can. It needs to be seen. And with that, I believe it's time to go. But remember, dear listeners, follow your dreams. But don't forget, there's always work at the post office. We'll catch you next time. The Smooth Thrills Radio Hour. Thanks for listening. Well, that's it. Another smooth and thrilling episode has come to a close. Thank you so much for listening. The Smooth Thrills Radio Hour is a production of Ghostcraft and is recorded live in Dallas, Texas. Please email your questions and comments to autopilot at smooththrillsradiohour.com or drop us a message on Instagram. Whichever you fancy. Enjoy the rest of your day. This has been a Ghostcraft presentation.